Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. It's a good thing. It's okay. And to the standing between the living and the dead service family members, the service that includes prayer, uh, devotional ministry, memorial, uh, family, and evangelistic ministry. My beloved, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I believe this is service 864, 864, it should be right there, Uh, not that, go up, up, back up. 864 I believe it is okay look look up in the you see it up there at the top eight hundred and sixty four I believe is where we are that is eight hundred and sixty four standing between the living and the dead services <coughs> <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, This is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International, with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 654 where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history, the present and the future. Today, my beloved, we're reading Second Chronicles chapter 9, verses 29 through 31. You say, well, preacher, weren't we in First Kings yesterday? Yes. And that's how the chronological Bible uh, works. Second Chronicles chapter 9, verses 29 through 31. Shall we pray, my beloved? If there ever was a time to pray, that time is now. Be careful for nothing, but through prayer and supplications make your requests known unto God. Don't try to do it your way. 
stop running to everybody else and trying to do it their way. <coughs> By the way, all the people you run into, they need to go to God as well. And you need to go to God. God has this thing wired and designed in such a way that everybody, if they want stuff really done, they must go to him. Now, he may direct you someplace, but make sure you go to him first. He may direct you to somebody or he may send somebody by. But you need to go to him first. Pray without ceasing. I don't care what in the world is going on. You need to obey that commandment. That's not a suggestion, by the way. That is not a piece of advice. Pray without ceasing. Pray always. Jesus Christ gave a parable to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Let's pray. And when I say let's pray, I mean you need to pray. Whatever is going on in your life, and in your family, you pray about that. I assure you, you have a whole lot to pray for. Don't listen to me pray. Talking about, I like to listen to him because he, he prays me to sleep at night. See this as your positive nightcap, but don't, don't just listen to me pray. Uh, soon you will get bored with that. But you will never get bored if you're saved with praying to God about all of the things going on in your life and having God to lift your burdens and your sin guilt. Make sure you confess your own sins. Don't worry about my sins. You confess your own sins and repent of your sins while you're doing it. And I assure you, you don't have to pay $900 or $1,900 or $3,000 for a mattress. All of these mattress people are lying to you. You hear me? <coughs> Telling you that they will make you sleep better. That's, that's, that does not make any sense. That's a lie out of hell. A true born-again Christian prayed up, sins confessed, repented of can sleep like a top on a rock. That's a fact. The pillow is a rock. You don't need my pillow, your pillow, somebody else's pillow. You just need to lie down and God will put you to sleep in a deep sleep and wake you up at the time appointed. That's what you need. The mattress is not, stop, stop being so gullible. The mattress is not going to make you sleep better or the pillow either. That's a lie. I don't care if it heats up, cools down, you, might, you need to be careful. It may heat up and burn you up, so be careful with all of that. Talking about my sleep number, what is your sleep number? <laughs> you people, come on. <laughs> come on now, that's ridiculous. You pray to God and confess your sins and repent. And you pray and ask God to rebuke and bind the devil from you. You don't need relaxium pills or any other kind of pills, sleeping pills. God didn't tell you to 
taking his sleeping pills. The Bible says God gives his beloved sleep. He wants you to sleep. You don't need any pills or anything else. <coughs> uh, for over 43 years, uh, all you have to do with me is point me in the direction of the bed and the pillow, and I'm gone. I'm out. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven tonight, help all of your people to pray in this audience, those who are saved in my family, those who are saved in this country and around the globe. <clears throat> help everybody, Lord, to humble themselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you our first love. Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I praise you and I thank you tonight knowing that this could be my very last night on earth uh, and it could be the very last night on earth for the rest of these people. Help us to stop being so proud and arrogant, thinking that we have the power of life and death in our hands. Lord, when we don't, obviously. And so, Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And for the millions and the many and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon me and thus my family. For Lord, we should not even be alive. Uh, but you have spared our lives and allowed us to live, all of us, by your grace. To live to this point. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor for that. Because Lord, we all should want to do as much as we can for you before we leave this place. And so, Holy Father God, I pray that you would prepare us for good days and bad days. Prepare us, Lord, for celebrations and tragedies. Prepare us, Lord, for weddings and funerals. Prepare us, Lord, for life and death. I praise you, Holy Father God, and I thank you for bringing us through this day. Thank you, Lord, in spite of the devil and in spite of the demons of hell, a Lord that even work through my own wife. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've allowed us to accomplish and uh, to do in preparation for this service. I praise you, Lord, and I thank you for all of my children who have served and helped in the ministry down through the years, which has been a special blessing and a special joy, even to this very day, even though they're grown and on their own. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the joy and the privilege uh, to train them and to teach them. And Lord, I have 
children who can do uh, everything as I taught them and they can do it even better. And uh, Lord, I never thought my youngest three children would be as good uh, as, uh, uh, as editors as their older siblings. Uh, but they are right up there with them, if not better. And uh, uh, and the great job that they do. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you that they do it because of you. They don't have to do a thing. They are grown and on their own, but yet they feel obligated in their hearts towards you to make sure that the ministry work is done. And uh, I, I, I just can't thank you enough. And Holy Father God, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I do pray uh, that uh, you would indeed uh, bless them tremendously throughout their lives for what they have already done for the kingdom's sake. And Lord, I thank you so much for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us. And Holy Father God, I pray that you will have continued mercy and grace upon such wretched people as we are for those of us who are saved even for Jesus Christ's sake in my family saved in my family uh, in the church in this audience in uh, the ministry across the country and around the globe for Jesus Christ's sake please Lord forgive us of our sins our failures and our faults and give us by the power of your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit Lord uh, repentance true genuine repentance of all sin <clears throat> uh, and pardon me Lord and Lord I do pray that you will help everybody to not only confess their sins but to repent of their sins to repent of our sins and Lord I pray that you will crush and crucify our flesh within us and the old man within us and fill us afresh and anew with the fullness and the power the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord of your Holy Spirit. Put a guard in our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes and our temperaments that we would not sin against you. And Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do pray, Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And so help us 
to love right, live right, think right, and do right in your sight. Not only in front of other people, but Lord, behind the scenes. <clears throat> and Holy Father God, I uh, do pray that, Lord, you would save the souls of those who are lost in my family and in all of the families of the world, uh, starting with my own wife, who is religious, but I believe that she is lost, I hope that she's saved. I would love to have the assurance that she's saved. But based upon 34 years of marriage, I have not seen it, nor has her children uh, down through the years. And so I pray that you will open her eyes and stop her deaf ears. And by your grace, Lord, help her to lay aside her wicked pride, Pharaoh-style pride, Jamaican pride and to let it go and to truly believe in you confess your sins repent truly get born again saved and filled with your Holy Spirit so that she can truly enjoy the Christian life and uh, uh, be able to live it by your power and not in the flesh which falls apart in fact, every weekend for sure, but even on other days. And what you have taught me, what you've shown me, is that no matter what the situation is, the thing about true born-again Christians, after a while, by and by, after you establish them and make them stable by taking them through trials and temptations and tests and chastisement and rebuke, uh... Uh, they are consistent because of you. You're the one who makes Christians consistent. Uh, in their flesh, uh, they may not even want to do certain things, but because of you and their commitment to you, uh, they do them on a consistent basis. They don't try to be Christians. They are Christians. And so I pray this prayer not only for my wife, but for millions of other people who are religious in the church, uh, but they're lost and on their way to a devil hell, devil's hell. And not only for the millions, but I pray for my wife's family, my family, steeped in religion and you can't tell them anything. Lord, they can't even remember when they met you. Open their blinded eyes, unstop their deaf ears, and save their souls. And Lord, along with that, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of my wife, Marika White, out of all of my family members who have that problem and have that issue out of all of the people who have that problem in uh, the audience tonight and out of uh, the lives of people who and their families who claim to be Christians across the country and around the globe. <clears throat> the things that are happening sadly in the church and in the world 
Lord, uh, cannot be explained other than fa the fact that people are demon-possessed and uh, controlled by the devil. And those who are lost, they have no defenses against him. The devil can take them at will, and they have no power. And I believe that's the case with my wife, Marika White, as well. And uh, for you give those who are born again and saved self-control. And so, Lord, I pray that, Lord, I thank you so much for the privilege of raising up my children uh, according to your holy word. But I still pray for them, as Abraham did, as Job did, uh, that they would not yield to temptation. Uh, Lord, that they would not want to be loved and accepted so much they hook up with people in the family, in the church, and in the world uh, to be accepted, not understanding that most Christians are not accepted uh, by their families, even in, with people who are religious in the church and in the world. I raise them to be leaders and not followers. I know that they are hurting because they never had a loving, caring mother who I believe did not love them on purpose. Uh, that she had a demonic spirit of wanting to hurt them. And I saw this with my own eyes. And not choosing not to want to hug them, choosing not to want to say I love you from the time they were toddlers, little children intentionally keeping them in stained diapers, not feeding them when I told her to feed them. All of this is demonic to me and proves to me that this woman has never been saved. She doesn't even have natural affection. So I know that they're hurt by all of that. And it is hard to recover from that. But they can recover through you and stop being people who uh, like to whine and uh, and be in a pity party situation and complain like both sides of their family. <coughs> Complainers, whiners, and so forth instead of getting on top of the circumstances and doing what their father did and be, take that pain and take that that bitterness and that anger and say let me try to help other people from what I have suffered and uh, and be a father and a mother to them and take the good that, that I did get <coughs> and <coughs> pass it on uh, with your Holy Word and by the power of your Holy Spirit and let those people go and let them go on their way uh, as your holy word says, if they're not going to believe in you and obey you, uh, uh, let them alone and be separate, uh, saith the Lord. I know that is uh, not, not uh, popular, Lord, in our day and time because of the lies that people have been told and taught. That family is everything, and we all, I mean, even the people who say that, they know that's not true. Family cannot be everything. 
if there's a man, uh, Lord, as you know, that if you had not touched his heart to help our family, (coughs) my nuclear family, humanly speaking, uh, our, our natural family would not have done anything. They, they thought we were going to fail. And you made us to be extraordinarily successful. They wanted us to fail. And, uh, and they, they intentionally, intentionally did not want to help. Uh, when we needed it the most. And uh, so Holy Father God, now they're trying to help after I have raised the children. And it is, as far as I'm concerned, too late. But anyway, Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you would rebuke and bind the devil, his demons, and his hosts. Lord, from uh, my children especially and from our family as a whole, and rebuke and bind the devil from all of the people who are participating tonight uh, and uh, rebuke and bind the devil from all of your saints in the world. And Holy Father God, I do pray for the salvation of the lost, the revival of the saved, the healing of the sick, the comfort of the grieving in this country and around the globe. Uh, Lord, draw them to yourself for salvation. And Holy Father God, I thank you so much for the passage that we're in, that my son Daniel Ezekiel is helping with tremendously, uh, because uh, being reminded of this passage in the thorns of the flesh and preaching through it is a very powerful thing for those of us who are saved. Uh, Because what you said and what Paul said is revolutionary, unheard of in the history of the world outside of your holy scriptures. Lord, you said that in this world we shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Then your servant Paul said, I take pleasure in these troubles and tribulations and trials and uh, persecutions. That is mind-boggling. And, uh, but so true. For Lord, sometimes you give us the experience of things that we really have not grasped yet. Because I often wondered, and, and even my wife, I told my wife and children for years, that uh, you have to be the kind of person who you can rejoice and have a, a cheerful spirit while you're going through and while you're serving and while you are uh, uh, having difficult times. And and I tried to express to them how you worked in my heart and you worked in my life. Uh, and they saw that growing up. And uh, that no matter how bad things got, I had complete faith in you and 
I was always joyful and cheerful and fun-loving uh, when I had to, uh, uh, unless uh, I had to force myself to be stern. <clears throat> when I had to chastise somebody or rebuke somebody. Uh, but deep down inside, I have never lost that joy and peace that you gave me when I first got born again. <clears throat> so I had not fully grasped what Paul has said all of these years, but I had the experience of it, and so I, I recognized it. And it's not us, it is you. Uh, and so because we cannot manufacture that, we can't pump that up. And people who are not saved don't have a clue what it is. <clears throat> Pardon me, Lord. And so, Holy Father God, I pray tonight that uh, in light of that, lift all of our burdens, cares, worries, anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears, false guilt, real guilt, and fill us with your peace that pass of all understanding your joy unspeakable. Take nothing from us that may be painful if you have it there for a purpose. And so, Holy Father God, with that said, I pray that you would deliver each and every one of us who name the name of Christ from all of our distresses and afflictions, tribulations and troubles and trials and temptations, tests and tensions. Only if you are through with those things in our lives. <clears throat> and we understand, Lord, now that uh, they may never go away until we get to heaven. That's what's going to be a big part of heaven, not having all of that baggage. And Lord God in heaven, I pray that you deliver us also from all spiritual and mental, physical and emotional Family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems, troubles, and difficulties that we're facing. Believe all of that in place as well if you're using it to keep us humble, breaking us and making us and molding us to be what you would have us to be. <clears throat> Help us to be like Paul and rejoice in all of these troubles and tribulations and to actually take pleasure in them. And I thank you for giving me the experience before I fully grasped, grasped the idea and the thought and the teaching. And so, Holy Father God, thank you for your mercy and grace and remembering your mercy and grace in the midst of tribulation and uh, chastisement and rebuke and punishment upon such wicked, evil and ungodly people. Lord, we are worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, you have shown us great grace and mercy, uh, but we, we are worse than Sodom and Gomorrah, and you put it in my heart a long time ago that if we don't repent, you're still going to come back, but it may be a while later, and you may destroy uh, this generation, this demonic Laodicean church that has shamed your name not only, Lord, are we the worst Sodom and Gomorrah in the history of the world. Lord, we are the worst uh, Judases in the history of the world. You have 
you have no country has been more blessed than this country with freedom and everything else you've caused almost everything outside of Israel outside of Israel let me back up we have not been more blessed than Israel we wouldn't even uh, we wouldn't even know what to do if it had not been for Israel but we have forsaken the God of Israel we have forsaken Jesus Christ and we are the worst Laodicean church in history the worst uh, the worst Sodom and Gomorrah in history and we're the worst Judases in history we have done you wrong that's all there is to it and on, it's, it's just your grace that you won't you won't bring the hammer down on us uh, like like we deserve <clears throat> it's amazing that we're still here and that the whole country has not been burned down to the ground I believe it's going to happen because Lord uh, from what I gather people still do not want to repent And they're not in a repenting mood. And so, Holy Father God, I pray tonight. I know people do not like this kind of praying, and but that doesn't matter to me. Nor do they like to hear some of the things I say. But that does not matter to me either. And I know they teach us in seminary and Bible college to preach short and pray short. That's probably one of the problems. Uh, these same professors never learned the fact that the more you serve God, you and Jesus, you Lord, the more you want to serve Him. They never learned that because they have their cute little 15 minute messages and uh, sermonettes and their cute little uh, three second prayers. They have not learned that the more we are in your presence, the more that we serve you, the more distant the world becomes to us. And we, we really truly get to the point where we start hating the world in a good sense. Not hating the people, but hating the sin of the world and the foolishness of the world and the vanity of the world. This happened to your servant Solomon. You had given him so much wisdom, knowledge, and understanding uh, from heaven because he knew everything behind everything. Uh, he, he cried out, it's vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And so we, people who spend a whole lot of time in your presence praying and serving you, uh, they're, they're just not interested in all of the shiny things of the world as they used to be. And I thank you for that. And so, Lord, help us to pray more. Help us to preach more. Help all of your truly God-called preachers to step up in times like these and to pray without ceasing and to preach a holy word every day. Lord God in heaven, I do pray that you would bless and protect all of my children, all of the children of the people in this audience, uh, for these are the ones we are mostly concerned about, but we need to pray for ourselves as well.
protect us all, Holy Father God, from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. <coughs> and place upon us tonight the whole armor of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels in a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us through the precious blood of Christ. Make us to be whiter than snow on the inside and uh, have us to do and say all that we do and say for your glory, praise and honor not only tonight but behind the scenes as well and every day of our lives. And help us to always lift up your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, for it is in his name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible. At Second Chronicles chapter 9, verses 29 through 31. Now the rest of the Acts That's good, that's good. Of Solomon first and last are they not written in the book of Nathan the prophet and in the prophecy of Ahijah the Shilonite, and in the visions of Ido, the seer, against Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, or Nebat. And Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel forty years. And Solomon slept with his fathers and he was buried in the city of David, his father, and Rehoboam, his son, reigned in his stead. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I thank you for the power of your holy word. Give us greater understanding of it. Uh, help us to comprehend it. Help us to read it much, to meditate on it, to obey it, to apply it to our lives, to teach it to others, to preach your holy gospel <coughs> to others. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs>
I had a little coffee this morning, some good coffee too, and I put a little vanilla uh, protein shake in it, which has some milk in it, and my body for some reason has never been able to take just even uh, seeming it seems like to me now just a little bit of milk but anyway ladies and gentlemen brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus family friends and foes and even foes in the family and to the standing between the living and the dead <coughs> pardon me uh, prayer devotional memorial family and evangelistic service family members my beloved uh, this is Daniel White the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House family devotional reading of Charles Hatton Spurgeon's Treasury of David. This is episode number 185. Tonight we're in Psalm 1820. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. Viewing this psalm as prophetical of the Messiah, these strongly expressed claims to righteousness are readily understood for his garments were as white as snow. But considered as the language of David, they have perplexed many. Yet the case is clear, and if the words be not strained beyond their original intention, no difficulty need occur. Go ahead, Spurgeon. Break it down. Albeit that the dispensations of divine grace are to the fullest degree sovereign and irrespective of human merit, yet in the dealings of providence there is often discernible a rule of justice by which the injured are at length avenged, glory be to God, and the righteous ultimately delivered, yea, rewarded. David's early troubles, may I just interject something? God rewards his own righteousness in your life, his own obedience obedience, if you will, that he gives you the grace to do. Now that's deep. That that might be even deeper than Spurgeon right there. I, God just put it, he just dropped it in my spirit. That's a revelation for you. We've said it in other ways. I'm saying it in a different way. 
God, because I mean, it's, we have no righteousness. Let's be real. And, and and last night when we read about how that God repeated that He uh, blessed David because David obeyed Him, kept His commandments, kept His statutes. When we all know David didn't always do that. <clears throat> So what is God talking about? He's talking about his own righteous, righteousness that David, by the grace of God, humbled himself to express his own obedience through the power of the Holy Spirit that David allowed to uh, work in him and through him. So, if you will, the free moral agency part, the human part, is yes impacted by the grace of God and I know I'm going deeper than what some of you want to go tonight in this devotional service but uh, uh, God rewards his righteousness and his obedience that you do and the free moral agency thing is all about your choosing to allow God to work through you uh, you're choosing to uh, uh, learn from the chastisement that God put you through by the grace of God and learning how to fear God so that, in the words of Dr. T.D. Jakes, I bet you I won't do that again. Hello. I'm going deeper than Spurgeon. By the grace of God. <clears throat> Sometimes God will give me something. So let's 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 not get it twisted. <laughs> we have no righteousness. We are not only unrighteous, we're depraved. And that's that's worse than that. Okay, we're depraved, man. We can't produce righteousness or holiness. Let's keep it real now. Amen. So, so God, he'll, 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 he'll get a man like David, who is unrighteous in his ways and has done some. He should have gone to prison for ninety-nine years for what he did. But God knew his heart. He was a man after God's own heart, because if, if you read the whole story about David what God loved and liked about David is that in most cases no matter what the situation he would acknowledge the Lord and ask the Lord Lord do you want me to do this he acknowledged the Lord in all of his ways Probably more than, than no doubt, most men of the world. And that's what made him great. He had that kind of heart where Saul did not. See, he was willing to acknowledge the Lord and respect the Lord and fear the Lord. And obey the Lord and, 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 and do what the Lord tells him to do. Like all human beings, even saved human beings... He messed up a few times, but that was not a pattern of his life. 
and he learned from his chastisement. That's not Spurgeon. That's God giving me that to help you. See. God rewards his own Holy Spirit produced obedience and righteousness. In you. Now we we can just go ahead on and close, but uh, I have I have other things I have to do to stay on track. My my children don't like for me to get off track. <laughs> my youngest three children they don't like for me to get off track, especially my daughter, my youngest daughter. She doesn't like it. Her attitude is if you if you're gonna do it, do it, do it every day. <laughs> because they don't want to get backed up. They don't like it. It, it. it messes with their scheduling and everything else, and they don't like it. So I have other things to do. Uh, because when you have people, when you have young people who are serving the Lord on their own and not being made to do so, and not getting paid because they, they won't even take any money for it, My daughter Danny probably told him he's too poor. Don't take any money from him. And so, so we do a lot in these services, and they don't like for me to take a day off. To you know, they want me to take a day off, but you know, but they they know that when we do that, it discombobulates everything we're doing. We tried. We tried the, uh, the like the half devotional, and uh, that that was just it. Really got them off track, and they don't like that. And so, and, and they know it's important, and they want us to. They want us to keep on rolling. So I have other things to do tonight. I'm just telling you what God just gave me. I, I know that may be hard for some of you to take. Because you think you're righteous and you're not. And you're probably lost if you think that. You're totally depraved. There's no righteousness in you. See, see. Um, God and Jesus, they're rewarding what they put in you. And help you to learn to do by the power of his Holy Spirit. Now that's deeper than you, wanted to, you want to go. Most of you are not going to get that. Some of you are going to have to get that by freight. That's not coming... Uh, next day out. It's too much. It's too much. Anyway. David's early troubles. Arose from the wicked malice. Of envious Saul. Uh, and I want to tell you something. He went through, he went through some tribulations. With Saul. When that, listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. Whenever you got somebody. Who is hell bent. And is demon possessed. To want to kill you for no reason. That is a serious problem. And you had to do some you you have to do some serious running like David did. Now I don't believe Solomon was gonna kill his brother. He may have. I don't know, I don't know. But he was smart and he he ran to Pharaoh in Egypt. We read about that last night. He didn't come back until Solomon was dead. That's what you better do if you got somebody like that. 
Uh, huh? Tell me they're going to kill you. <laughs> you better go see Pharaoh and stay down there with him for a while because he's not going to mess with Pharaoh. But Saul was hell-bent. Thank God for Jonathan. But Saul was trying to kill David. David could have killed him. But David is the one who said, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Saul, who no doubt prosecuted his persecution under cover of charges brought against the character of the man after God's own heart. Go ahead, Spurgeon. There's a very uh, strong and critical publication online. Um, but every now and then they'll bring up something they like. And I, I, I like this too. Um, there's a preacher over in Great Britain with a great English accent who's preaching through the sermons of Spurgeon. And, um, and they highlighted that in their publication. And I'm, going to, uh, I'm sure it's on YouTube. I'm going to listen to some of that. And uh, I listened to a little bit already. But uh, to hear Spurgeon preach. And they, people criticized Spurgeon and said he was uh, gross in his language and foul in his language. And use street talk and stuff like that. But anyway, these charges, David declares to have been utterly false and asserts that he possessed a grace-given righteousness. There you go. A grace-given righteousness. There's no other righteousness. You don't have any righteousness, and I don't either. Tell the truth and shame the devil. It is the righteousness of Christ, a grace-given righteousness. Only Spurgeon can put those words together like that. Which the Lord had graciously rewarded in defiance of all his... What? Come on, Spurgeon. Calumniators. What? I don't know what that is. Um, I'll, I'll probably... Have my wife look that up and I'll tell you what that is tomorrow. But Spurgeon, he'll do that every now and then. Come up with this polysymbolic word. Nobody knows. Never went to college. But very, very wise and very educated. Before God, the man after God's own heart. In fact, he never went to college. But do you know he had his own school? And the first, I think this was the first preacher book I ever read, Lectures to My Students. It fired me up. A young preacher, barely, barely into my 19th year of life. Yep, I was still 19 years old when I read that book. Lectures to My Students. In old English writing and all of that. But buddy, it, 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 I felt the fire from that book. That was my first education. Spurgeon's Lectures to My Students. 
Anyway, before God, the man after God's own heart was a humble sinner. But before his slanderers, he could with unblushing face speak of the cleanness of his hand. My hands are clean. That's all David said. They're not clean because of me. They're clean because of the blood of Christ. I have not tried to kill you, Saul. You tried to kill me. You know the Bible. what the Bible says, thou shalt not kill. My hands are clean. Yours are bloody. Yours are dirty. Stop running after me trying to kill me. I love you. I love everybody. I've shown great respect for you. I could have killed you myself. But God told me, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. My hands are clean. And the righteousness of his life. He knows little of the sanctifying power of divine grace. Who is not at the bar of human equity able to plead innocence. There is no self-righteousness in an honest in an honest man, knowing that he is honest, nor even in his believing that God rewards him in providence because of his honesty, may I add, because of the honesty that God puts in his heart. He can then say he's honest, not because of his own power, but because of God's power, God's grace. A grace-given honesty. How about that? For example, I, uh, my wife knows, and I have told her for the past 34 years, it's, it's not me. I have nothing to do with it. I have never lied to my wife about anything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I told her some, uh, some things that most husbands would not tell her, tell their wife. I remember riding in the car with my mother after my wife and I had a few problems and she told me and this is this is this is what they are about this is what they've been about for years which is very troublesome because you can get into a whole lot of trouble carrying lies and hiding stuff And I told her I confessed something to her that I had done wrong. And she said, now, Danny, you are not to tell anybody that. It's okay that you told me, but you should not be telling me. I'll keep that. I'll keep some things you ought to keep to your grave, to the grave. See? And, you know, and, I, you know, she's my mother, and I did not snap back at her or anything uh, but I did utter this right here because I was a grown man I said uh, I can't live my life like that God won't let me live my life like that I never lied I have never lied to my wife about anything now I know that's hard to believe because most men are liars I know that it's not me, though. It's the Christ in me. I didn't lie to my wife before I got married. I didn't want her to be shocked and surprised that I had been with other women and uh, two of the women got pregnant and I had babies out of wedlock. That's not anything that anybody should be proud of, even now. I, I'm not proud of that. 
and 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 of telling you that it's the Christ in me that brings about that grace-given honesty and transparency I told my wife that before we got married and I, I asked her, if you can deal with it deal with it if not let's let's cut it off now and one day when we were first married my mother called and uh, she wanted to talk with me about the other children and she whispered and said is uh, Marika in the room your wife in the room and I want to ask you about uh, the other children we had we had not even we we, we, we hadn't had any children ourselves we were very young in the marriage and I told my mother in a loud voice I was not whispering I said uh, anything you can say to me you can say in front of my wife I told her that I said I don't roll like that I can't live like that not because I can't live like that not because of me because I'm a wicked sinner depraved that that was Christ in me even at that young age see that's what that's what Spurgeon is getting at a person can say they're honest if they are honest by the grace of God and they know it he gets all of the glory you must understand now God and Jesus must get all of the glory for all of this now if you can't listen to me if you can't save yourself from hell then you can't do the righteousness that is expected of you by God going forward. He has to do it in you for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. The reason why I, I know, I believe that my wife is not saved because she has lied to me multiple times. Lied to me about stealing my cashews lied to me about stealing my food out of the refrigerator and they lied on the children. And so that would move me to ask her, now are you sure you have never had sex with another man besides your husband? Some of you men look at you, some of you look at you men, I can't believe your mouth is wide open. You're afraid to ask your wife that. You're afraid to ask her that before she got married. Before she got married to you. And I'm telling young men, don't be afraid to ask that question. Because it's going to come up. Ask it before you get married. Some men who are not called to preach like I was, that won't bother them. Harry married a divorced woman and she was already opened up by another man. And... and, and it evidently has not bothered him. There's sometimes, I mean, there's some men, that kind of thing does not bother them. But uh, the way God wired me and called me, I, I wanted to marry a virgin woman. And I was seeing many women at the time. Uh, and there were some women better than my wife as far as looks, as far as... Uh, 
had it going on and all of that. But when it came down to the question, because I asked them, are you a virgin? And all of them, to a woman, told me they were not. And I couldn't, I just could not marry a woman who was not a virgin. Now, my wife Marika said she was a virgin. And that proved out uh, on the marriage night. Uh, uh, but I have asked her, uh, because if you can lie about some cashews, if you can lie about some cake in the refrigerator that you stole from me, and then lied on your children about it, and uh, you stood right beside my oldest daughter, Danny, and stole my bee pollen product that I got from the health food store, opened it, was a new, opened it, and got you a spoon and ate some of it right in front of Danny, and then when I walked in, lied and said you didn't eat it, right in front of my daughter, Danny. It's hard for me to believe that you'll lie about little things like that and not lie about committing fornication or adultery. That's real talk. And she would even uh, swear before God on that. That she never did that. And I do know this. And I hate to admit this too. But uh what kind of helps a little bit with that part is that when I tried to get it, when I tried to get her before we got married, when I tried to get it before we got married, she refused me. And that she's the first one who ever did that. It was good that she did that. But, uh, but uh, so I have to. I have to look at that right there because she, she did not, she refused to do that and I, uh, you know, I'm older than she is and much more persuasive and all of that and she didn't fall for it. So I have to, I have to take that into account on that issue. But it is troublesome that you, you would steal my cashews in the first place and then lie to me about it and the children caught you doing it. My la my last three daughters, they they they, I went to sleep. My cashews were behind my back, and she waited till I went to sleep and got into my cashew can and stole some of my cashews. And my daughter Danae Carter, my daughter Daniqua Carter, and my daughter Danielle Carter. I said, look at that, you caught red-handed. And that was the first time she admitted she'd been stealing my cashews. You say, well, preacher, why doesn't she have her own cashews? She could have had her own cashews, but she does not want to ask for anything. She's too proud. And, and I really don't want to give her anything on my own because she doesn't appreciate it, does not show appreciation. When you, you, when you, you know, your husband, all good husbands are going to think about their wives and their children when they go to the store or whatever. They never want, no, no good husband wants to bring, buy something for himself and not buy something for his wife and children. No, no, that's not in, that's not in most men. 
even lost men. There are many lost men who would not do that. As a rule, man, it's just automatic. You want, if you're going to bring you a little snack home, you want the children to have a snack for sure. And, and you want your wife to have it. Why? Why, man? Tell me. Because you want somebody to enjoy it with you. See? Uh, and so if you're going to have an attitude and you're not going to enjoy it with me and, and you're not going to talk about it and show appreciation for it, I ain't, I'm not, let me just say it this way, I ain't buying you nothing. <laughs> not Danny B. I'm not going to do it anyway. Like these sweet evangelicals have told uh, you all to do. No matter how evil they are, you do it anyway. No, no, no. God does not do that. Look at me real good. God does not do that with us. I don't care if you get mad about it or not. You're not a queen bee. You've been disobedient. Dishes always dirty. Houses dirty. Uh, uh, clothes are dirty. You got the same old rags uh, that I left you in in the morning. Children are stinking. Have not been bathed and have not been changed. No, girl, I ain't, I ain't buying you nothing. And you, and then you don't appreciate it when I give it to you. So I don't, I don't just buy stuff like that for her. See, and some of y'all, you men know what I'm talking about, and you women know what I'm talking about. Too proud to ask. See. But but see here's the here's the here's the other here's the other part, see, that you need to understand about people who are not saved. Jesus talked about it. They love darkness rather than light. She loves the thrill of stealing my cashews behind my back when I go to sleep. See. She thinks she like as we used to say back in James City, she pulling the wool over my hair, see. Why, why does she why, why would she want to steal it because it's evil Augustine taught us this Augustine said I didn't I didn't need the fruit that I stole from the man's backyard I didn't even need it I gave it to the animals but I love the thrill and the evil of stealing and for those of you who have been involved with sex most of your life see what you loved about it was the taboo-ness of it. See, the evil of it. See, and, and so forth and so on. And, uh, and the, the people who are now all caught up in homosexuality and all of that foolishness, they love the darkness of it. They love the evil of it. They don't love the person, really. They, 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 they love the, that it's so taboo. And people are so against it. See. And that's why you can get hooked. Heterosexual sex. You can get hooked. And it's hard to get out. People who get caught up in homosexuality. Evidently they can get hooked in it. See. And it may have a greater pull. Because it's so evil and so. Uh, backwards pun not intended by the way okay see uh, so 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 how is it that I can say I never lied to my wife I've never lied to my wife before we got married since we've been married good bad and ugly I'm not telling you I, I, I'm not saying that I just only told the truth about the good stuff and the nice things about me no no I told her about the bad things 
about me as well. From Jump Street. And let me tell my mother, you know, if you if you if you're doing your little secret thing with my grown children and tomorrow, well, you didn't you know that you you have two, you have a sister and a, a brother and so forth and so on. You you know what my children are gonna say? Yes. You know why they're gonna say that? Because they heard their names uh, prayed for by me when they were conceived. Up from the time they were conceived, when they were sitting on my lap, I prayed for my other children. They know their names and everything else. And I believe one of my daughters, she thinks she doesn't think I know. They communicated for a while. They communicated. My, I'm not going to tell you which daughter. She thinks I don't know. Before she left home, they communicated together. Uh, and I don't, I, I, I don't think that was a good thing either, but it happened. Okay, uh, I wouldn't do that. To, see, I cut all that. Excuse me, all that mess out. I was not gonna live my life the way my, and I love my family. I'm not mad at anybody. But I am, I am not Daniel White Jr. I'm Daniel White III. And he let that stuff go on. He didn't like it either. But he let it go on. These little secrets. On both sides of the family. And I love all of my family. My grandmother Timmy, sweetheart. But she pulled that on me. She, evidently she was put up to it by my mother and, 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 and dad. Uh, somebody or something. I, you know, the porch was where it was at. Grandmama's porch was where it was at. You understand? In the hood, down in the cut. On the other side of the tracks, where the tracks run right in front of the house, on the dirt roads. Now, my grandmother, Timmy, she loved, she loved it me. She loved me. She loved all of her grandchildren. She was one of the greatest grandmothers ever. A very unique individual, and she died with black hair because she was almost 90 some percent Indian. My dad's hair stood up on his head. He never, he never had a knot in his He never had to comb out any Negro knots. <laughs> Straight up Indian blood. Cher I guess it's Cherokee or whatever. Uh, sweet as she can be, a woman of great integrity, great respect. She was respected all over the community and carried herself with great pride and dignity, man, and, and worked for the white folks and did all of that. Nobody, we didn't see all of that, though. She was basically uh, like almost uh, like a housemaid for many years. But let me just say this. That takes that that see it's good to know about that because it takes you on back. But one day, my grandmother had seen me on the hill hundreds of days, playing with my cousins, throwing the football, throwing the baseball, 
playing G.I. Joe, playing marbles. What is that? And she just loved it. Oh, she loved to see that. Growing up, uh, growing into a young man, getting ready to leave home and all of that. And so one day, when I was, I had just graduated from high school or something, and we were talking, as we normally did, I mean, you know, she popped on me. Now, you know, I mean, just out of the blue. Out of the blue. And I, I want to say what the old deacons used to say. We don't want to prolong the time. That always killed me because you cannot prolong the time. <laughs> but I got to tell you this. And she told me, now, Danny, Danny boy, let me tell you. She, she was just, you know, one of those grandmothers who just know how to say it so lovingly to you. Oh, she made you feel so loved. She made all her grandchildren feel loved, man. Yes. But she said this right here very lovingly too, but uh, it was crazy to me. She said, she said, oh, Danny boy, let me tell you. You're a young man now. And uh, I'm getting ready to share some tears, I tell you, when I think about it. Uh, she said, now, you know you have a brother. I said, no, I don't. <laughs> Uh, my grandmother, she was shocked that I said that. I said, no, I don't. I, they said, you know you have an older brother. I said, no, I, not not me. I don't have an older brother. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> but that's what they did, see, back in those days. And all of you black folks from the South, you know what I'm talking about. It's secret, these secrets. And, and secrets so bad that some people in the family have committed incest with their cousins and all this kind of mess like this. You're related cousins or, you know, you know, back in those days, they called them a second cousin, third cousin, fourth cousin. I mean, uh, craziness. And they've been sitting on the porch. They knowing what's going on and they know whose child it is and all of that. And they don't say anything. That's wickedness. But my grandmother told me, and my dad never told me, my mother never told me, and shame on them, too, for doing that. They probably put my grandmother up to it because they knew I would take it better. Because I was already rebellious, so I know my dad didn't want to tell me that. And, and for some reason, my mother didn't tell me that. And so I guess they put her up to, to, to do it, and she said, now, you know you have a brother. And just very nonchalantly, like it was nothing. I said, no, I don't. I, I, I rejected that out of hand. Yeah, he's an older brother. Dad had, had an out of wedlock with a seven-day business family up there on the hill. What? And then she said he was a priest. I said, what? You people got to be kidding me. <laughs> I said, y'all, no, uh-uh. I, I can't accept that. I, I, no, as far as I'm concerned, I don't have a brother, so. I, I can't, no. I can't. But that was very disappointing. And I, I guess after I got saved, I said, I'm not going to do that to my children or to my wife. And we've never had a problem about that. God worked it out where they got married. And I, my philosophy is if you are not going to marry the woman where you had a child out of wedlock, don't be going over there interfering with the, the uh that man's family, 
Because ultimately, when the child grows up, you may know that that's my father and that's my child and all of that. But ultimately, the people you grew up with in your family, that's your family. So that's how I felt. And that's how uh, they would feel. Now, if the mother and the father wanted me to spend time, that's fine. But when you have a child out of wedlock and you marry somebody else and she marries somebody else, you got to let that ride. Who do you think you are? Someone, I want to come and see my child. Man, you ain't, uh, that ain't right, man. Because I knew if, if I had, God forbid, did that myself, which I would have never done that, that is marry a woman with somebody else's child, uh, I wouldn't want to see the Negro nowhere at any time. I don't want to hear from the Negro. You understand me? See, I wouldn't want it. Hello, everybody. <laughs> no, sir. I wouldn't want that. I showed them the same respect. And, and God has a way of working all of that stuff out. See. And, uh, and, uh, and I, I had some part in their lives and so forth. But I, I, re I, I believe you ought to respect whoever marries her. If they want that kind of thing, that's fine. Uh, but most men do not want another man around a woman that he had sex with her before. And they know each other like that. And then here comes some Negro talking about, uh, I want to see my son. I want to see my daughter. I'm taking care of this boy. This is my son. I'm the only father. You know, you didn't choose to marry the woman who had the baby. That would be my attitude. All this talk about, and then some of the baby mamas, they're the worst. Some of you baby mamas, you're the worst. Some of you. I don't care if you like it or not. And don't let me get started. I got to get up out of here. And so, let me, don't let me get started on that. Some of you baby mamas get married. A man think enough of you to marry you and your child or children. And and then you all of a sudden, well, I I want, I want little Jaquan, uh, Kendrick, to know his real daddy, and uh, I want uh, Javana to know her real daddy, and so I want you know I would like for them to know and for them to come by for him to come by and and, and take his children out and stuff like that right there uh, well negro you should have negress you should have thought, thought about that before you got married to me that's what i would have said that's what i would say we ain't we're not doing that because if, if he's a man who understands what goes on with women she's never going to forget that man Especially when she sees him, and as bad as he might have been in the past, once she sees him again, he's not that bad now. Particularly since I'm married to Mr. Boring uh, Jeff over here. And then, and let me just say something about this incident that happened with us, this family. Here's another sad, demonic case. Excuse me, of a silly-minded woman. I don't care if you like it or not. People, some of you women need to tell the truth to your women friends. 
I, I wouldn't have to tell them. I would never have to call them silly minded. But this is stupid stuff. You women get so caught up with Bo Peep that you will do with Bo Peep who's not related to your children. If he tells you to lock them up in the laundry room and put handcuffs on them and tells you to pour Clorox on their genitals and all kinds of demonic mess like that for punishment. Pardon me. And you love it that man more than you love your children. You ought, girl, you ought to be locked up. I don't care if you like it or not. You people have lost your righteous minds if you ever had it. And this happens over and over and over again. Women, they, they, they lose the man, the, the, the baby's daddy, somehow. And they get so hungry for penis. And Mr. Penis comes along. They will do anything to keep it. Even harm their children. That right there is unforgivable. Well, I'm, not, I'm a preacher, so I can't say it's unforgivable. But that right there is close to being unforgivable. No man should come before your children that you had with another man. And you are not to let that man punish your children. Or do any harm to your children. And quite frankly, some of you women, you, had, you opened your legs and had two or three children. I don't care if you like it or not, man. I'm talking to you like a father. You hear me? You need to keep your legs closed. Stop worrying about your knees. And you, got, and you got black and white women doing this. Don't get mad at me. Yellow and red. And women, white women, the white women will leave their children at the house by themselves while they go to the club and get drunk. And some of you black women are doing it too. This happens over and over and over again. And just some get caught. You're so hungry for a man, you don't care who the man is, and you bring these devils over your children and they molest your children, abuse your children, kill your children, and you're still trying to stick with that man. And you're not going to hear it like this because you're hungry for penis. That's what you're hungry for. You're addicted to it and you want to keep it even if your children get harmed. And the devil is a lie, and you are too. I don't care if you like. I have to. I unfortunately, I have to tell you the deal. Tell you what's up, because you don't have a mama who who's telling you anything, or a grandmother who's telling you anything anymore. There's no ladies in the church telling. Everybody's hot to trot, and trying to get their groove on. And, and old, especially. My 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 generation, the baby boomers have lost their minds trying to be cute. They trying to be a cougar and get men your age. They 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 don't have the moral authority to tell you anything in the church. See, people, you I, I should have been done already. 
They can't tell you, and they trying to run with you, child. You you have seen them out there at the club and down there hunting after some man to take home. Old as Methuselah in some tight jeans. Botoxed to death. Cheap Botox. Cheap booty lift. And you think that people can't tell... How many of you seen a street walker, but you run up on them? Whoo, wow, what in the world? You see, you act like a street walker. You don't know it. You think you 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 cute. You're not cute, baby. You're 55 years old, 60 years old. You have grandchildren you need to be tending to and children. I say to my baby boomers, act your age. And then some of you will say what I saw on a shirt the other day. They said, I don't know how to act my age. I've never been this age before. With stupid stuff like that. Anyway. Let me try to close. Before I go off some more. For such is often a most evident matter of fact. But it would be self-righteousness indeed. If we transferred such thoughts from the region of providential government into the spiritual kingdom, go ahead, Spurgeon. For their grace reigns not only supreme, but sole in the distribution of divine favors. It is not at all in opposition to the doctrine of salvation by grace, and no sort of evidence of a Pharisaic, Pharisaic spirit. When a gracious man, having been slandered, stoutly maintains his integrity and vigorously defends his character, a godly man has a clear conscience and knows himself to be upright. Is he to deny his own consciousness? Let me say that again. Is he to deny his own consciousness and to despise the work of the Holy Ghost? Now, some of this is going over your, your heads, but Spurgeon is dealing with this, may I say, by hypocritically making himself out to be worse than he is. What? I don't have time to, to go, go any deeper than that. Should he be a hypocrite to, to say that he's worse than what he really is? A godly man prizes his integrity very highly, or else he would not be a godly man at all. Is he to be called proud because he will not readily lose the jewel of a reputable character? A godly man can see that in divine providence, uprightness and truth are in the long run sure to bring their own reward. Again, I go back to saying how God rewards his own righteousness in you and obedience to you uh, obedience through you and this is a fact that you have to accept may he not when he sees that reward bestowed in his own case praise the Lord for it why because the Lord is the one who did it I don't praise myself because I've never lied to my wife 
that's not even in me to give myself credit. I'm not saying that to you to, to make you think I'm a great and wonderful guy. I have never been a great and wonderful guy. And I'm not a romantic either. I'm not a sweet guy. I'm just telling you, the Jesus in me, the Holy Ghost in me, has led me not to lie to my wife. See, because see, there's something about that, by the way. If you're lying to your spouse, you really don't have a, a relationship worth anything. Your spouse? Come on. Yea, rather must he not show forth the faithfulness and goodness of his God? Read the cluster of expressions in this and the following verses as the song of a good conscience after having safely outridden a storm here comes another word that I've never seen before. Obloquy. What? Make sure we look those words up so I can share these words with the people tomorrow. Persecution and abuse. And there will be no fear of our upbraiding the writer as one who sets too high a price upon his own moral character. That's deep. That's one of the deepest devotionals I've ever read. Shall, shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you and I thank you for your deep holy word and this deep devotional. Not only from your servant Spurgeon, but from your Holy Spirit that you, gave, you put in my heart. Now, this was amazing and this is amazing. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor for it, and help us never to forget it. Never, never, never. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now we move over to the family verses. What I have dubbed the family verses. The family commandments of God. And tonight, this is our second night in the unique, in that unique verse. Ephesians 5.33, where God speaks to the man and to the woman. These are God's commandments to the husband and to the wife. And he expects you to do them. How will you do them? Again, by his grace. It is grace produced by his love, by his mercy, by his power, the power of the Holy Ghost. This is the only way you can do this. It's not... It's not, it's not I, but Christ. See, he paid it all and he does it all. And he gives all of the glory, you understand? Ephesians 5.33 Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. Simple enough. Husbands, obey God's commandment and love your wife. If it was something that uh, you would do automatically on your own, he would not give the commandment. So he wants you to choose to do it, but he wants to help you to do it with his agape love. No man is going to be able to truly love his wife without God's help. There's no, I know you think that, I know you want, you, so you women want some kind of romantic love all of the time. And, 
which all, which normally um, goes off into selfishness, pity parties, whining, always about me, why you don't spend enough time with me. And uh, it seems like to me you love the children more than you love me and all of this foolishness. Well, honey child, you have a duty to do. You need to get your fulfillment out of doing your duty and doing what God commanded you to do, baby. See, that's where many of you miss it. The blessings are found in obedience to God, whether the person responds well to you or not. And it just so happens, as we're going to see here again, the woman is in a position of submission. She's not in a position of controlling her husband and controlling the re relationship and guiding the relationship. When, you, when that is allowed by the man and when the woman pushes that, you will never have the kind of marriage that God wants you to have because in the words of Bishop Daniel White Jr., my dad who is now in heaven, that is ass backwards and it's never going to work. It's never going to be right. See, when it, when it becomes all about you and not God and Jesus and the children and you keeping your household clean and running right, which is a job, being a good help meet to your husband, whatever his field is, you have to roll with that. And, and, and husbands, if you are lost, you're not going to be able to love your wife like you should. Wives, if you are lost, you're not going to show, be able to show the respect which we hear in this verse. And the wife, see that. She reverence her husband. Why did God say it like that? Because God made man a certain way. He has to have respect in his home. Doesn't matter how you feel about it, no matter what you think about it, no matter how he acts, you ought to show, if you have salvation and any wisdom, show respect and reverence for your husband. Period. Doesn't matter what he says or does. You do your part. Cursing your husband, blowing at your husband, like you're going to blow the whole house down, you little mighty mite. Every bit of 99 pounds, and he's 299, all muscle from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Uh, you'll be better off as submitting to the man and respecting the man and taking care of the man's needs. That's your role if you get married. If you don't want to get married, that's, that's, I'm fine with that. That's okay. As long as God is calling you to that, and you're not out there whoring around or you're a lesbian or something with your hair cut off like a boy. And you're singing karaoke like the Chicago mayor, looking like a man, sounding like a man, all this mess, foolishness. Half the country, they do not have to put on a Halloween co costume because of all of this foolishness going on. And do you know, in this day and time, I never thought I would see the day. That's what David Jeremiah said. I agree. 
And this day and time, you can look at somebody on TV, and your head goes like this. Even the dog's head goes like, what? They look like, hey, they say they're a woman. They dress up like a woman. But something ain't right. Something is not right. And you, it's sad that we live in that kind of day. You can look at somebody, and you have to question whether or not that's a woman or a man. The wife ought to respect her husband. Husbands ought to love their wives. And let me say again here, let me debunk the lie that the sweet evangelicals have told you. It's a lie from hell. If the husband loves her right on this side, then she's going to respond right on this side. That's not true. Now see, what you're trying to do is you're trying to say that it depends on the husband and how he treats her for her to be obedient to him. That's not in the Bible. There's nowhere in the Bible. God does not play that foolishness. God didn't say that. God spoke to the man. The man should obey God and, and love his wife as he loves himself. Whether he does that or not, the wife should reverence and respect and submit to her husband. Okay? It's not content. None of that is contingent upon the other. God does not roll like that. And in the judgment, it's not going to be like that. Well, if he, he, did, if he had loved me differently, then I would have uh, respected him. No, you lie. You would not have. You would have ran all over him. And you know it. Because some of you wives, you beat down your husbands until you, you can't stand them anymore. When he becomes so submissive to you and, and so obedient to you and appeases you, you are disgusted with him. Because you successfully beat that man down to the dust. Now you want a real man who's going to challenge you and tell you to shut up and lie down. And open your legs up and shut your mouth. That's what that's all I want open. I don't want to hear your mouth. See, that, that, you know, don't, don't get mad with me because that's what you want. You want a Christian Gray who who know who knows what to do with you. See, don't get mad at me. You know that's true. I, I say, well, I'm a sweet Christian. Yeah, I get. I bet. Here you go. I'm a sweet evangelical Christian. You don't fool anybody. You used to fool people because the pastor helped you to fool people with, the, with this, this, this foolishness, see. And the church is a mess because of it. The country is a mess because of it. All right, I must come to a rapid close. Let's pray for all families. And let's pray for others. Holy Father God, I pray that your truly born-again Christian people, male and female, would obey your holy word in their marriage to you, marriage to one another in front of you. And I pray that you would heal 
uh, marriages where people are saved or just one is saved to glorify your holy name. And Holy Father God, I uh, pray, yes, for the millions of people who are hurting from the coronavirus plague and other plagues that have come from it, a plague of long continuance. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray that you will comfort them, draw them to yourself. For salvation. But Lord, we pray for some of these same people by name, as we have done for over uh, 850 services. And Lord, we pray for the family and friends of New York resident Dustin Domerus. We pray for the family and friends of Texas resident Christy Reinwalt Fuller. We pray for the family and friends of Missouri resident Bob Atkinson. And Holy Father God, we pray for the prayer requests that have come in. And we pray for the thousands of others who have sent in prayer requests down through the years. Thank you for the thousands of answers to prayer. And Holy Father God, I pray that you will bless them all with salvation, spiritual, family, life, financial, material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings. Protect them all from the coronavirus plague and other plagues. We pray the same for these people who are listed tonight. Moshe, uh, please deliver him from drunkenness and give him good health. Please save and bless his family and help his son to do well in the interview at a new school. Please save and bless his friends and bless their relationships. We pray for Marie Grace. Please bless her with the right place to stay where she can live her own life away from people who practice witchcraft, voodoo, who make drugs, and from criminal activity. Please give her peace and justice in her life and surroundings. We pray, Lord, for Jensen. Please be with him and bless him and save him and save his family members. We pray for Pastor Bruce and we thank you with him for the soul saved and people healed and delivered. Please protect the children from the devil and bless their outreaches and efforts toward that purpose. Please heal Sister Dora. Please provide for their churches and deliver their churches from economic hardships, family disputes, insecurity, starvation, and poverty. Please deliver Kenya and all of Africa from drought, famine, and starvation. Please provide them with Bibles for new souls, basic needs for orphans and widows, food and water, church planting and construction ministry, financial resources. And Holy Father God, we pray for the thousands who have gotten saved, the millions who have heard the gospel uh, through this ministry, but we pray Lord, for those who have gotten saved uh, through the preaching of the gospel as well. We pray, Lord, for Silvano, Rhett Naraj, William, and Divya, Hasanu, and all others. Help them all to grow in the faith, stand strong in the faith, 
And Lord, we pray for those who have recommitted their lives to Christ. We pray for Mabina, Stephen, Michaela, Wayne, and Danette. And we pray, Lord, that you will help them to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith and be the Christian disciples you want them to be. Save that soul that is near as hell. Reclaim every backslidden Christian in Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, beloved, if you are not saved tonight, you're not born again. In other words, if you were to die tonight, you would go straight to hell and not to heaven. Jesus Christ said the most loving, most magnificent, most wonderful uh, words ever said in the history of the world to mankind when he said, For God so loved the world. That means that God loves you because you are in this world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That means he gave up his only begotten son to suffer and to bleed and to die on the cross in a cruel fashion. He was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. Some of you might remember the Passover. Uh, you might have heard about the Passover. Well, Jesus Christ is our Passover Lamb of God, our sacrificial Lamb of God who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins. In other words, he paid our sin debt because you are a sinner and I am a sinner. The Pope is a sinner. The Dalai Lama is a sinner. Even Joel Osteen is a sinner. All of us are wicked, evil, depraved, ungodly sinners. We all have done some ungodly things. Every preacher, every deacon, every mother, every father, every police officer, every fireman, uh, every professor, every priest, we all are in the same boat. For the Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible also says the wages of sin is death. We're going to die because of our sins. Please understand that we do not die because of a disease. We do not die because of a car accident or a car crash. Uh, those are means of death. We die because of our sin, our sinful nature and our sinful choices. And God wants you to understand that if he will allow you to die, that is to cease to exist from this beautiful place called earth, God will allow you to go to hell if you do not believe in our Passover Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. And that's why it's so important what he said to you and to me and to everybody. For God so loved the world. In spite of our sin, 
While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world, no matter how insecure you may feel, no matter how you may feel in your mind that people don't like you, your mother, father rejected you and turned against you, uh, your children turned their backs on you, your friends turned their backs on you, and you feel all alone in the world, God loves you. Millions of people, their lives ended up where they had no one to love them or to care for them. No man, the Bible says, cared for my soul. But God does. God loves you. And you will never be alone once you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. You feel lonely? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, God allows you to feel lonely sometimes to get your attention because he wants to be your friend and there's no friend as the songwriter said like the lowly Jesus he went through everything in life that you have gone through and everything you're going through there's no friend like Jesus there's nobody who knows you better than Jesus does for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That means he gave up his only begotten son for you and me. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. All God and all man. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, that word whosoever means anybody at any time. That's another uh, uh, a point in this verse that shows you that God loves everybody red yellow black or white we're all precious as we're all precious in insight for whosoever the word whosoever means anybody at any time for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him. That means whosoever trusteth in him, has faith in him, depends upon him. For whosoever believeth in him should not perish. That means you will not perish in hell forever. And it is a continual perishing. Jesus Christ, when he preached on hell, in fact, Jesus Christ preached on hell more than anybody in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. He preached on hell more than he did about heaven. Why? Because most people are going in that direction towards hell. The broad way to hell. But you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to perish in hell forever. And you will burn in hell. That's a reality. If you don't believe in the Passover Lamb of God for the whole world. Not just for the Jews. 
but for the Gentiles too. Jesus Christ died for you because of your sins. He died for your sins to pay your sin debt. And all you have to do is believe in him. Whosoever believes in him should not perish in hell, that is, but have everlasting life in heaven with God and with Jesus Christ and with the people of God and the angels. There's no better place to be, my dear friend, for eternity than heaven. There's a place to shun called hell, but there's a place to gain called heaven. And all you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ did not say believe in the church, as so many people do. Jesus Christ did not say uh, believe in giving money to the church or working for the church. You can do all of that and die and go to hell. All God wants you to do, all Jesus wants you to do is believe in Him. Trust in Him. Have faith in Him, Jesus Christ. That's how He saved my wretched soul out of religion and out of the world at the same time. I had one foot halfway in the church and both feet in the club when I got saved. Lost as I could be on my way to a devil's hell and didn't even know it, raised up in church with the dad being a popular preacher, my mother being a preacher too, and lost as I could be. Religious, church going for sure, but lost and on my way to hell. You may be that way too. You might be the member of a church. You might be a member of a church. Your mama uh, took you to church and was a member in that church before you were born, your daddy and everybody. Been in that church for many, many years, many decades. But you could very well be lost like I was. I didn't even know I was lost. I didn't know what being saved was. And I didn't know what I was being saved from. I never knew I was being saved from hell. I, when they talked about being saved, that I was going to be saved from hell. I think I would have jumped on that train once they showed me that from the Bible. But nobody ever taught or preached on hell, the burning hell. And when Jesus Christ preached on it more than anybody else in the Bible, he always mentioned hell fire. Hell fire. And, and Jesus does not make up things to try to, make, to get you to do something. And then, you know, he, he's going to tell you later, uh, there was really no hell. They don't do, God can't lie. Jesus can't lie. They can't lie. Okay? So there is a hell. They don't play like that. They don't play with people's souls like that. And you need to get saved from it. And get saved to heaven by believing in Jesus Christ. And calling on his name in prayer. Asking him to save your soul from hell. So let's pray. Let's pray what is called the sinner's prayer. I prayed it 43 years ago, over 43 years ago now. And Michael Lewis helped me, so let me help you pray it. Follow me in prayer, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I realize and I admit that I am a sinner. 
and that I have done evil in your sight, such as lying, stealing, lusting after people and things, uh, coveting what other people have, dishonoring and disrespecting my parents, dishonoring you, God, and taking your name in vain, and many other sins that I have done repeatedly against you. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my wretched soul. Please forgive me of all of my wicked sins and help me to repent of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose from the dead on the third day by your power and might. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Lord, I do not depend upon my church membership. I do not depend upon any work that I have done. I come simply believing in what your Holy Son Jesus Christ said. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Please fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Help me to confess my wicked sins and help me to repent of my sins and to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and forsake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you prayed that prayer with me tonight, and you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ in full sincerity, according to the Holy Word of God, the Holy Bible, and none of us have the right to doubt it at all. It has borne itself to be true for thousands of years. Absolutely true. If you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ and you prayed that prayer, for the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. According to the Holy Scriptures, you are now saved from hell and on your way to heaven. To help you to grow in the faith, please go to Gospel Light Society and read my free book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said, I am the door, 
in John 10, 9, By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Read that little book and you will get your next steps as to what you need to do as a Christian. And if you do those next steps, you will grow in God's grace and become a Christian disciple. Also, feel free to email us at any time if you have any questions, if you need prayer, and let us know also that you got saved uh, so that we can rejoice with you. We also have uh, other material that we can send you. We have uh, thousands of podcasts, which if you listen to all of them, you will receive a Bible college education and a seminary education. It's all uh, really most of it is seminary um, level, uh, Bible college level at least. And you will uh, just go to Gospel Light Society Podcasts and there you will find thousands of podcasts on many different subjects. On prayer, the prayer motivator. You ought to listen to one of those every day. We got two kind of prayer motivator. Prayer motivator minute. Uh, this service, Standing Between the Living and the Dead, devotional service, chock full, as they say, of good stuff, um, the scripture and the sense, the reading of the daily Bible. Uh, I, I marvel that there are many people who um, listen to this long-running podcast and and oftentimes a long podcast um, but you you don't have to listen to all of it at one time it's a lot um, podcasts on church history podcasts on uh, many other things um, There's one that, uh, uh, what's that word that uh, when people defend the faith, it's on the tip of my tongue. Apologetics, yeah, right. Christian apologetics. I know you may not know what that means right now, but it would be very good for you to listen to that. We have Christian apologetics, world religions. We See, as born-again Christians, we're not afraid of world religions. Just go ahead on and listen to those podcasts on world religions. We have two of them now. Um, uh, one, one that deals with all of the major religions of the world, and then one that uh, is more like of a, an apologetics regarding Christianity and the other religions of the world. Don't be afraid of that kind of stuff because it will make you a stronger Christian and you won't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. If you truly have Christ in your heart and you have believed in Christ and you're saved, uh, you will become unmovable. You, you, 
You don't have to be afraid of anything. So that is available to you free of charge. All of that. Thousands of hours of uh, Bible education. Uh, or nearly 50 different podcasts with hundreds of podcasts in each area. So that's all free to you. And uh, in fact, if you go to Gospel Light Society, you're going to see a lot of them right there, uh, right at the bottom of the site. So dear friends, God bless you. Until next time, if the Lord tarries his coming and we live, Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow morning, possibly, uh, around 11 o'clock, uh, anywhere between 11 and 12. Uh, we will have this kind of devotional. And then tomorrow night, so as not to wear myself out, I'll be preaching on the second coming of Christ by the grace of God. And I'm going to ask my daughter, Daniqua, to uh, Daniqua Grace, uh, if she would, to have a little additional material for you tomorrow night uh, where we deal with the signs of the times uh, along with the sermon that my son Daniel Ezekiel has already sent. Uh, but if God says the same, God gives me the strength and grace and uh, I'm healthy and strong to do it, if it be the Lord's will, and as they say, the creek don't rise. We'll be here tomorrow morning and tomorrow night preaching the word of God and uh, preaching the gospel. So my dear friends, those of you who are saved, pray without ceasing. Meditate on the word of God. Uh, there's a, a list of verses on prayer in the Bible that will help motivate you. Just look up prayer verses and you read all of them and, uh, and and let that help you to get motivated to pray be willing when you pray to confess your sins and repent of your sins because God is going to want that so that he can answer your prayers remove the blockages of sin in your life as we say uh, farewell tonight uh, I say and borrow from the military, the Marines, simplify. And a new term that I didn't even think about or know about, even though I am an Air Force man, simple supra. Simplify means to be always faithful. Simple supra means always above. And in our case, keeping our hearts and minds on God, always above, on Jesus Christ, always above and in heavenly places. God bless you, my dear friend, as the music plays. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow night. Tomorrow morning. Get up tomorrow morning. Go to your favorite grocery store, get you some free-range, high-quality eggs, and get you some uh, Scot Scottish, 
salmon, smoked salmon. They slice it very thin. If you can stand it, get a little real butter. And I put that on the stove. That's what I'm gonna have possibly tomorrow morning. I had it this morning. And then get you a good coffee or a good tea. And get ready for the services tomorrow morning. If the Lord tarries is coming and we live. Sweet hour prayer. This is the song that we have sung for years on Wednesday night. Wednesday nights. Sweet hour prayer, sweet hour prayer. And then we would have a great prayer meeting going way back. Almost 30 years. And then at the church, we would go to Winn-Dixie and get some popcorn or some other place to get some popcorn. Butter, real butter. Honey, real honey. Uh, and then trail mix. A little white chocolate and black chocolate. And we would have that in our afterglow. Spaghetti, meatballs, pizza. At the church on Wednesday night. Create your tradition for Wednesday night church service. And sing this song as well. God bless you. Simplify and simple supra. Lord willing, if the Lord says the same, if he doesn't take us on up out of here before tomorrow, Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow. Sweet hour prayer. <laughs>